Hello, everyone. Hello, listeners of A Year Ago Today. I am here with Alex Francis. Hi. He's my beloved sound editor. Hello. <laughs> and we're going to talk as soon as you catch your breath about this week's episode. Okay, I think I'm good. Yeah? I think. Yeah, we'll find out. <laughs> I didn't give you any warning that I was going to be already recording. Mm-mm. Nope. See, these are all the new things I'm trying out. That's fine with me. I'm fine with a little uh, gotcha journalism. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely what I'm doing. <laughs> mm, I love that. Well, you just talked uh, so... about this recent episode about uh, signs of a good interviewer. So. Oh, yeah, Maybe it's another true. One. It's true. Mm-hmm. Well, I like that. Let's keep adding to that list. Okay. <laughs> we'll work on it. So, oh, me. I'm going to give everybody a little context. We recorded one of these last week, but it didn't end up going on the feed. Did mm-hmm. you? Were you aware of that? Um, no, I wasn't. I put it up, but... Yeah, I kind of, you know, it doesn't matter why. Um, I thought it would happen without me having to nudge it along at all, and it didn't happen, yeah. and that's okay. Okay. So I think that we'll release last week's episode of this as bonus content to Patreon supporters. Sounds good. Um, And that means we need to tell people what we're doing here. I've asked Alex here to do a little weekly recap after each episode with me because I really am just interested in having a masculine perspective that I trust on the show. So tell me. Alex, what did you think about the episode? Um, real interesting episode to listen to as somebody who was just recently entered into a relationship, mm-hmm. what I consider a serious relationship. I feel like I feel like I'm the like antithesis of what Adam was talking about cuz he mentioned that he had never been like single as an adult before. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this is the first time that I've truly been an adult and been in a relationship. Because I haven't been in a relationship that's been serious since I was 21, 22. And I mean, as much as I would have liked to think I was an adult at that time, mm. I'm seeing myself now, I don't think I was. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> so it, it was very interesting. I wonder, did that make it challenging to relate to what he was saying? No, it really didn't. Um, oddly enough, you think it would, right? Um <laughs> But no, I don't. I don't think it did. I think it. I think it made it easier to relate because now he's single as an adult, which I was for the longest time, <laughs> um, and so I was able to relate to him on that front, I guess, which was mm-hmm. easier. And I've been around tons of people that have been in long-term relationships, um, especially like that length where you feel like. Something he said was really neat that he felt like he was married three times to the same woman. Oh God, I love that part. That yeah. part is so beautiful. I was listening to it today, and I was I was literally like, everyone should hear this because that's the way relationships are supposed to be. Yeah, like you're constantly growing and you're constantly changing mm-hmm. who you are and who they are. Like you're not if you meet somebody and you know that person for thirteen years, there's there's no way that you're the same people uh, Mm -hmm. at the end of that time. Yeah. 
Yeah. And not not that that's a bad thing at all. It's just no, how we are. It's as brilliant. Yeah. It would it would suck if you were the same person after thirteen years, you know, that you were before that time started. I think, or maybe not. I don't know. I'm not trying to judge. <laughs> It is interesting because Adam and I didn't get super deep into, in the episode, the part of the story that really has to do with them coming up together inside of the Christian faith, you know, and what it was for them both individually and within partnership, I think, to come to a place where they realized that maybe the dogmatic way of life. Yeah. that they had been inside of wasn't serving them and that they like were able to stay in a relationship even while they were growing out of this this like religion together but then even after all that they ended up going their separate ways i think is such a beautiful testament to how much effort they put in yeah it's not really a question i'm just rambling no i know that's <laughs> why i just said yeah <laughs> <laughs> um i do have a question for you though uh huh so, as you know, Adam had a little bit of hesitation around publishing this episode. Yeah. And I was wondering, yeah, I was wondering if when you listened back to it, if you, if you were like, oh yeah, I totally understand why, or if you were like, if it was even present for you at all. I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, because... I, not that like the content was what he was worried about. I think it was just that he was in such a vulnerable state. And again, mm-hmm. not in a bad way, but I think mm-hmm. he might have felt that he was very vulnerable about it. And that's why he might have been on the fence about mm-hmm. releasing it. Um, yeah. So, like, I understood, like, because I, I, we had talked about that before the episode had even come out before I even edited the episode, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of like trying to be aware of that. And while I could get why he would feel that way, I didn't really, I was like, no, this is, this is fine. Like it, it wasn't really present for me, but I could understand why mm-hmm. he would, he would be that way. Yeah. I was in the same place around that. It was like, I can totally understand and I'm not hearing what you're hearing in terms of, In terms of the fear that's coming up, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Well, tell me what else you thought. That Those were my two questions that I had planned in advance. Okay. Um, no, it's just a very interesting episode to listen to in, in my current situation. Let's talk about that. (laughs) The person that I'm with has actually just gotten out of a similar situation that Adam did. Mm. Um, Maybe not so um, cordial of a separation Mm. as Adam made it seem that they had. But um, I don't know, like it didn't make me like feel weird or anxious but it did hit, like I said, I mean, I've already used the word. It was almost the opposite of what I feel like I've dealt with over the past year. Mm-hmm. Um, 
It is super interesting, though, that you find yourself in relationship with someone who probably really can relate to what Adam has to say in oh, some ways. Exactly. Like I was talking to her tonight and I was like, hey, you should listen to this next episode <laughs> for sure. Because <laughs> okay. um, um, like as I was listening to it, that was actually that was actually coming up more for me than my own feelings, which is interesting. Mm. Um, the feeling her her like journey that she's been on was actually coming up more for me than my own journey over the past 13 years. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, hey, she just texted me. Look at that. That's... Oh, that's such good timing. Yeah, that is good timing. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't even make a little ding. You know what's so funny? I left my ringer on purposefully just mm -hmm. so that if it dinged, it would be a cool sound effect in the podcast because that's been one of my favorite things so far. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny. I almost always have... Uh, I got an Apple Watch about a year ago, and ever since then, my phone's almost exclusively on silent because my mm. just makes it hard for me mm -hmm. if I get silent. So, um, so it's very interesting seeing somebody that's just about to start this single as an adult journey because it can be so scary. Like, I always thought that it was weird because when I got out of my first serious long term relationship, like eight years long, and I think mm. we've talked about this, we might have even talked about it my episode last year mm -hmm. um, do you remember what number episode that was no it's close to the end <laughs> yeah it was close to the yeah. end but honestly if anybody wants to go back and listen it's it's probably last may or last june i feel like it was or, actually in april because it was very close to our one year or april, april. <laughs> well yeah show. okay so it was in april maybe so do believe just it go find april. it yeah it'll be great um yeah it's very good you should go check it out um but When I first got out of my first long-term relationship, it was eight years long, and that was from, like, my junior year of high school until, um, no, it, was, it wasn't my junior year, it was her junior year, so it was my, like, freshman or sophomore year of high school, all the way up until my sophomore year of high school. No, that's, that's that can't be right. That's, <laughs> this that's is what happens to me. Have you heard yet? There's some recording. I don't know. <clears throat> You might not have heard it yet, but it may be an episode that I've recorded you've not yet edited. But there's this moment in which I was, like, trying to nail down the timeline of something, and I just could not do it. I was like, time is so slippery. I don't know when this began. <laughs> I feel like I did hear you say that, but I can't remember ah. if it was an intro or a Monday Night Raw or something. But I do feel like I have heard you say that. But It no, doesn't so, matter. It's just making me feel yeah. better that you're similarly challenged. Yeah. So it was eight years it happened in, like, my sophomore year of high school was when it started. Eight years after that, whenever that was. Um, <laughs> and I feel like when I came out of that relationship, I was still had some college time left because my college career wasn't the most stellar. But I feel like I, I was like, oh, man, I dated through, like, my, my like, sowing my wild oats phase. <laughs> And now I'm My single. Years. Yeah, like now I'm single and it's like, well, time to get serious and be an adult now. <laughs> I'm like, oh, damn, I did this backwards. And so it's, yeah. I find I feel like I had like. <sighs> well, I don't know. It's interesting because you could partially relate then since Adam and his ex-wife, I think he said they started dating when they were 19. Mm -hmm. So. You kind of were in a committed, serious relationship at the similar point in your life. It just didn't last quite as long. But still, that's a yeah. really long relationship that you had. It, it is. And it doesn't now, it doesn't seem that long. 
because mm, it yeah because it's been so long ago but yeah. it was uh, it was a long i bet ago. when you were living it <laughs> oh yeah i don't know i mean yeah but when it was when it ended that like that week felt like <laughs> like eons um mm. Because it wasn't necessarily mutual. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But, no, like, you um, you kind of dedicate yourself to, like, this journey, this path. And I'm going to steal some words from my roommate who um, went through a breakup a few years ago. It was about the same amount of time that my relationship was. In Do that, I know like, this roommate? Um, I don't, it's Jared. It's the same guy I've lived with since last year. I don't think. Oh yeah, yeah. You met him. You met him I at Clown him. Bar. Yeah, you met him at Clown yeah, Bar. Yeah, I did. He's the guy that actually showed me the ad for being the sound engineer for this podcast. Oh my gosh, which <laughs> wouldn't have even happened. I don't think if he wasn't Facebook friends with my friend Sarah Lupton. Exactly. God bless her. Yep, that's that's where the link came from. Uh huh. Okay. Um, so he, we're gonna to he, quote Jared. To quote Jared, he was like, "You spend all your time, like, planning for this like end game and working towards this like." relationship and you just you're like this is this is our goal this is where we're going to be and then when it all kind of falls apart and stops you feel lost kind of you're like, mm. oh well this is what i've been working towards for a good chunk of my adult life and like you i feel like i'm you kind of feel like you're lost at sea without a uh. star chart like you just don't you don't really have direction um now now to be honest that's probably something that's felt when it's a one-sided split. I don't what know. Adam talked about, it seemed more mutual. But you're right. Like it, it even if it is mutual, you still have to feel some sense of yeah. like just emptiness. And he said like he one thing that was really powerful when you were asking him like, have you like noticed like when you miss her and things mm-hmm. like that? And it was like, oh yeah, like in the morning or like throughout my day, and I want to tell her something or. I'll unwind or decompress yeah and his birthday said it came up a lot for on his birthday because they would always reflect not having that person mm-hmm. and like i that's one thing that kind of hit me because i was like i just kind of found that like i haven't mm. for the longest time had somebody that like at the end of the day i can just confide in all my shit like just be like oh my god Bob was such a dick at work today, or oh, this person's <laughs> pissing me off in my personal life, or oh, I'm I, like I, having that person to like just decompress to that's not gonna like judge you or like try and find a solution that's just gonna mm-hmm. sit there and listen and catch it all. Yeah. And so, yeah, hold having, space for all of it. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I can imagine having that for such a long period of time and then losing it. In my opinion, mm-hmm. that would be probably the hardest thing. Yeah. I mean, there's so much to what you just said. I think the thing that's most present for me is that in addition to having someone to vent to, what's becoming increasingly important for me is having someone to celebrate with and someone to witness the hard work that you're putting in so that when good things happen, there's somebody who knows all the energy that you've put into it. You know? Yeah, totally. That's... Like a really big one for me. And also it's interesting because you were like saying that maybe that feeling of kind of being lost at sea only happens if it's not mutual. But as you were talking, I was thinking like, oh my gosh, since 
my freshman year of college, which is when I went through my first major rejection and breakup, I have been mostly a serial monogamist other than like one period of maybe two years when I really didn't date at all. I've been pretty exclusively in long-term relationships and every single one of them that's ended. And by long-term, I mean like, you know, kind of like around a year or two years or three years, but nothing like, not like five or eight or anything like that. I've never been in a relationship that had lasted that long until this one, Matt and I just celebrated our five year anniversary. <sighs> Thank you. <laughs> it feels like a huge accomplishment. Mm-hmm. It's a lot um, of time. But yeah, yeah, it's a lot of energy invested. Mm-hmm. But what I was going to say is that I think that after every single one of those breakups, from the time it started when I was like 19 years old, and then it went really until I was like 27. I kept going into this process of like investing in someone with the kind of gusto that that one invests when they think they may have found their life partner and then having it fall apart and then feeling totally lost. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you just really put words very expertly to the experience that I've been having <laughs> since mm-hmm. I was 18, 19 years old until yeah. just a few years ago. Relationships are weird. Um, you don't want to put too much pressure on them I guess like you don't want to be like oh this is the one and this is going to be it but then you also don't want to be like you don't want to be too protective of yourself and let that like fear of loss dampen what the relationship could be so that's like I've been talking to a friend a little bit about this um Brit, who you know, Brit also. She was also. Oh my god, I love Brit. Hi, yeah. Brit. <laughs> I hope she listens to this. I, I, I'm not sure if she does. I'll, I'll talk to her though. We actually were tell her to listen to it. I Brit, will. I want to have you on the show. <laughs> I, I was. I definitely should. Um, we were all actually hanging out. That's why I ended up being a little bit late because it was mm-hmm. nice out, and there's a new bar in town that has outdoor seating and a bunch of dogs, and so we were there. Oh my god. It was like 28 <laughs> degrees in New York today. It was terrible. It was oh sunny, God. but it was so cold. Yeah, it was it, it was cold this morning. It was in the 60s once I got off work. It was excellent. Um, so that's where we all were. But um, I've talked to Britt about this a little bit where like I, I was so nervous going into this relationship that like I don't want, I don't want to put too much on it, but I don't also want to hold too much back. I don't want there to like, be this wall that I build up that's mm-hmm. going to end up ruining things. I was so nervous about it. And she kind of talked me that her and some other friends have like helped me work out in my head. Then it's okay to feel weird. Just don't let that get in the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Like don't let your thoughts get so caught up in the fact that you're feeling weird that you end up then sabotaging the relationship. Exactly. Uh, you know what my answer to that has become hmm. around like I want to be open I want to be really open but I don't want to put too much pressure on whatever this is mm-hmm. is I I really ground into the truth that everything we have ever going to have we also have already lost because we're all going to die 
Yep. So <laughs> I really have gotten to this place where when Matt and I, <laughs> when we ever have like any kind of a, a moment where I think that our relationship could be coming to a transition point where we might part ways, you know, which comes up every so often when you've been together, mm-hmm. as long as we have. Um, every time we come to that point, I'm like, you know what? Well, I'm either going to lose him now or I'm going to lose him when one of us dies. And either way, it's going to suck. But like, <laughs> I'm glad that I'm still showing up and <laughs> doing all that I can in the day to day. Because regardless of if I lose him tomorrow or if I lose him 75 years from now, it's going to be painful. And, yeah. you know, that's that's the unsolicited advice I have is just just start grounding into the truth of death <laughs> yeah. oh no i'm 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 fully aware of all our our impending mortality that's I'm, what this whole season is about <laughs> yeah. no i'm fascinated by death um we can talk about that a little bit later in the season if you'd like to oh my God. we could talk about that all season long because yeah. i don't know how far you've edited i don't past this one no i started the the, the most recent one but no i haven't actually listened to uh-huh. it well, this is so fun because we're kind of on a ride. If we really only do the episodes as they come out, it's mm-hmm. like, it's feeling good. I feel like that's the point. It's all fresh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know what's been interesting for me is yesterday I went back and I listened to Rachel Lynn's episode mm-hmm. for the third time. It's a pretty powerful episode. Yeah, and I was receiving it on a whole nother level. You know, I was hearing things I'd never heard before, and I was noticing nuances in the emotion that I hadn't heard. And then I listened to Adam's episode today for the second time since since I've recorded it. And the first time I listened back through, I really did have the feeling of like, oh, I can't, I can't discern which parts he's feeling most vulnerable and most tender about. However, today on my re-listen... I felt like I could hear it in his voice. He did seem a little tentative at times, but I couldn't really get a read on him, to be honest. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think what I'm remarking on is more about my own experience around Mm -hmm. how every time I go back to these conversations, I'm receiving something different from them. I mean that's that's good. It's kind of the, I mean it's kind of the point of the whole thing, right? Too. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> that's why I need you here is to remind me what the point is of what we're doing. <laughs> oh, okay. That's my job. Mm. <sighs> okay. Oh, is there anything else that's like super present for you about your experience um, listening to Adam's episode? I think we covered most of it um, there wasn't really anything else like the the what we already talked about was the strongest thing that came to such a forefront and mm-hmm. kind of held that spot for the whole episode it didn't really like like even though I wrote it down because I try to write down little like bullet points of what I'd like to bring up mm-hmm. around each episode but that one took such a strong header that like I couldn't really let myself um find other feelings I guess to to sorry my words aren't working right now 
Well, I'll tell you what I'm thinking of because we might be kind of tapping into the same vein. I was wondering how you resonated with Adam talking about his gestalt therapy and the techniques that he's used to locate feeling in his body in order to be able to be present. It sounds like you're talking a little bit about your ability to be present while you were listening. So maybe these two things are somehow related, but I'm wondering if that, if that part of the episode left any impression on you at all. Um, it did a little bit. I had it made me do some research into Gestalt therapy, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but why did you look it up? Were you because you just wanted to know more, or because you were like, maybe this is for me? Oh, because I wanted to know more. Um, uh-huh. It's like, oh, what's what's specific about Gestalt therapy? Um, so I did, and. Mm-hmm. Um, It's funny that like it's it's kind of like a, a like an ex- existential style of therapy, but I feel like that's can be said about all therapies, right? Like it's all about oneself. Like that's the point of therapy, right? Is to figure out what's wrong with yourself. Well, not necessarily uh-huh. what's wrong, but to have somebody else help you get in touch with yourself. Yeah, it's and like to be able to identify yourself. Exactly. Like that's the point of all therapy. I feel. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's interesting to say that about uh, Gestalt therapy, but um, no, I just I just wanted to know more. Mm-hmm. It was it was interesting because I did not feel called to share during the episode, but I have actually actually had one experience with Gestalt therapy, mm-hmm. and it was an experience that like radically changed my life. <laughs> so. Yeah, it was, um, I was at a personal growth retreat with my coach, Tara Marino, and we were at a chateau in France, which (laughs) is ridiculously luxurious. I'm so blessed to have been able to do something like that. I would have, yeah. Anyway, we were like, kind of, you know, going, she had given us some information and we were journaling based on what she had given us, seeing what, like, what thoughts and feelings were coming to the forefront. And I just started crying and she kind of looked at me and she was like, are you ready to go into this right now? And I said, yes, because I'm always like, yes, let's go into what's here. (laughs) Um, and so she called me like up to the front of the room and there was probably 10 women in the room, all women I trusted, all women that I felt like I knew pretty intimately but I thought I was walking up to the front to like sit and go back and forth with her in conversation that she was going to kind of coach me in front of everyone. Mm-hmm. And what it ended up actually being was she facilitated a small, well, I don't know how small it was. She facilitated some gestalt therapy for me in front of the other women in the room. And for anyone who doesn't know, my personal experience of Gestalt, and I haven't done a lot of research, so maybe, Alex, you can tell me if this is accurate. It's like you locate the feeling in the body and speak from that feeling. But there are, in the way we did it, there were two chairs based across from one another, and you kind of had to switch back and forth from speaking from your place of fear to speaking from your place of, like, knowing and empowerment. So you're, like, physically moving back and forth between these two chairs, having a conversation with yourself. 
And the subject that was coming up for me was around the death of my best friend. Mm-hmm. So it was like, you know, it was just like heaving sobs while I was doing this. And it was the, it was one of the most vulnerable things I've ever, ever done to let other people witness me moving through something like that. And after it, though, I felt like I had taken a thousand pound weight off my chest. Does that sound like the gestalt that you researched? Well, <laughs> there was quite a bit. What it, what it specifically relates to is the, the empty chair, chair technique. Mm-hmm. Um, that's uh, you know, what it sounds like you're going into. I love that you know what it's called. Oh, <laughs> you're so good. Yeah. Anyway, and I mean, really it, it like it 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 forces you to like it forces you to respond and sorry, a little inebriated because again we were hanging out at a bar. So my <laughs> we blame Brit. <laughs> um, everybody was there. It wasn't just her. Um, but it forces you to like address your own like personality and your emotions and feelings and not having like a third party do it for you mm-hmm. so it's a I think it's a more powerful or at least effective version of therapy mm-hmm. just because it's its primary focus is to make you get to that point on your own and mm. the, and the person oh. the person you're bouncing it off of is yourself mm-hmm. um, as opposed to a, a like I said a third party just taking notes in the chair so it's it's a, i would say it's more it seems like i said i haven't done it but from what you explained to me and from what i read it seems more effective mm-hmm. and efficient i think that's the same thing but i love efficiency yeah exactly who doesn't right in this day and age mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah well i'm excited because adam said he would come talk to us more about gestalt therapy in june so I'll set that up with him. Okay. I also want to share with you that I am, I wouldn't say I'm inebriated, but I am drinking white wine right now and I'm not on my first glass. So. <laughs> well, I only had one beer because I was, I was driving. Cassie mm. came and everybody else had a couple beers. So I got home and I was like, well, if I'm doing this, A-Y-A-T-A-F, I'm having at least a glass of wine <laughs> while I do it. Yes. So, uh, cheers. All right. Well, cheers. Exactly. Cheers, everybody. Um, I think we've been on here long enough. What do yep. you think? I think about half an hour is probably the the max length for these, and that's right at what we're yeah, at. I feel, I feel great about it. All right, everybody, if you tuned in, thank you. Yes, thanks for Alex coming on this journey with us. Yeah, we appreciate you being here. <laughs> and um, oh, Alex, I had an idea that I want to tell you about before we get off the air, so that other people can help us remember. Maybe. Okay. Um, if it's an idea that's going to make us money, we should wait until we're off the air. But go ahead. If it's an idea that's going to make us what? What did you say? If it's an idea that's going to make us money, we should wait till we're off the air. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, when we were talking about your episode earlier, we were mm-hmm. telling people they should go back and listen to it. It was the anniversary we were talking about was Alex's first improv performance. And since then, I have started taking improv, which is how I know Adam, whose episode came out today. Okay. That was, I, was, I should have asked that. I had that on my mind to ask. Go ahead. <laughs> well, what I was going to say is that when we get to the one-year anniversary 
of like my improv class, we should do an episode where you interview me. Oh, okay. I like that. Does that sound fun? Yeah, yeah, that sounds fun. Okay, great. All right, so we're going to do that in the fall of 2018. And in the meantime, everybody go follow us on social media at A Year Ago Podcast. Yeah. Rate and review our podcast on iTunes, please. And is there anything else they should do? Yeah, it helps. If they like improv comedy, they should check out uh, BunkerDogsImprov.com. Yes, we should say that every episode. So Alex is an improv artist among being another kind of artist. Um. Bunker Dogs forever. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. That's about so it. We have a show this second. Until in where? What town? Uh, it's in Winston-Salem. So if we have any North Carolina listeners in the Piedmont Triad area, come on, uh-huh. check us out. Yes, We'd yes. Saturday, yeah. April the 7th. Saturday, 7th. April 7th. Yep. Okay. All right. All right. Well, yeah. Thanks, Alex. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, you're so welcome. Thanks, everybody listening. We'll talk to you later. Bye.